Summer, summer, summer time. You guys, it's the summer. Welcome to season three. This summer, Rita and I are going to have conversations. Sailor will share some meditations. We're going to take it down a notch of with intensity and just talk more about real life and integration. I'm super excited about just relaxing together this summer laughing and not having so many experts and thought leaders, but more just conversations about real life and what is going on. Now, big exciting news in Lola community land, the self-compassion challenge is ready for you. If you go to lolacommunity.com, you will find the resources and right there in resources is the self-compassion challenge, eight-week challenge, totally complimentary It is my gift, our gift to you. Self-compassion is a practice, is a skill. It is a muscle you can strengthen. And I'm really, I think it's just wonderful to have this gift for you guys so you can really explore in real life what some practical self-compassion practices look like and um, all the different ways you can do it and why you would do it. So go ahead and check that out on the website. And I think that's it for now. Have a great summer. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's Rita Stevens, the community leader for our Little Own Life Academy. And I have my dear, dear sister and teacher, Pleasant Salicki. And this is our part of our Tuesday summer um, podcast series. So we're going to go ahead and open up. And our question that we want to discuss today, or I want to uh, chat about today. Our question is, what is the work? We, we get, this is, a, this is a question that has driven most of my 20s and 30s. I literally just turned 38 this past weekend. And that question of the work is literally uh, my life for the past two decades. So I have some, some themes and ideas that hopefully may help. And Um, A secondary question under that is, you know, what is the work? And then the secondary question is, well, how do I know I'm doing the work? Or nothing's changing, but I'm doing the work. So to frame this conversation, I just want to um, paint a landscape for you all that are listening out there to talk about my own experience with answering that question for myself. What is the work? Um, Yes, I hit a brick wall about well I'm doing the work and why aren't I doing the work and um, just some some uh, three key resources that were very pivotal for me during my 20s and 30s when I was in my trenches uh, doing the work so we before you jump in can I clarify one thing for people who may be longtime uh, friends of little ohm is I just want to clarify that today we're having a conversation around the work in terms of like the big picture of development, transformation, and healing. We're not talking about Byron Katie's The Work. Mm, mm. <laughs> because the work from Byron Katie, the four questions, is it true? Is it really true? How would I feel about that thought um, or feeling if I didn't have it? Like, how would I feel if I didn't have that? And then a turnaround fact is a transformational relational mindset tool that is awesome go to the work.com and learn everything you can about byron katie and follow her she's amazing but that is actually not what we're talking about today we're talking about the bigger sense of the work not byron katie's the work 
<laughs> and, and you know what? And thank you for pointing that out because I do want to say again, I'm sharing my story of personal right. development and change and transformation. And I have not read the book, The Work. So right. thank you. There, thank you so and much. And there for isn't clarifying. even one. She had her the she has a main book called Loving What Is. Um, oh, okay. it's, there's not even a book called the work. It's literally everything around the work and the path of the work is for free is online. All got the worksheets. She's got loads of YouTube videos. You don't have to buy a book. You don't have to go to her retreat. You have to do nothing, mm -hmm. but understand and know that she's out there and that she, that it, she's out there. Meaning you have access to this powerful tool. The work by Byron Katie has been one of the most transformational tools that I've ever used for myself and with people. And we use it in Thrive. It's whenever I say, mm -hmm. is it true? All the work is, is being able to train the mind that when you tell yourself a story and the story you tell yourself that you're able to pick up and say, is that true? You know, when you go, you walk into a room and you think everyone's looking at me. Mm -hmm. Is that true? And then say, is it really true? You know, so... It's not even a book. It's not even something you don't, that's not tangible. I mean, this is the thing. One of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing is because we want to make, help people see how accessible and easily digestible these tools are. It is a skill. If you practice that skill this mm -hmm. summer, if you go to thework.com and you print out judge your neighbor, which is the little worksheet, super easy. It's super easy to read. It's super easy to understand. And you actually start using it. I promise you, your relationship to yourself and others will change in a matter of months if you can skill on that without having to read more books or go to more videos or do more <laughs> training. It's literally, she's so, and anything additional for her, she does have a lot of other books. They're great. They're just bonuses, but they're not the meat. And she is so generous with the meat of her teachings that are free and accessible to people. So if people are interested in learning more about the work and talking about it with some Thrive or Lola um, students who've been using it for years, just reach out to me, Pleasance at Little Ohm, and say, I'm interested and I'm happy to do a whole episode about it and go through the questions and through the worksheets because it's super powerful and free and accessible. Um, but this is not that. So thank okay, you. Go ahead. Thank you mm -hmm. for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. So, and because again, people have asked me, oh, Rita, you know, you're such a, you know, Jim. And they would, people would say, well, did you, are you familiar with the work? And I'm like, no. So that's why I talked about the book. So thank you for yeah, clarifying yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. And just so people know. Yep. It's so yep. Thank yeah. you. Thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with theme number one. If somebody was to ask me, Rita, what is, what is the work? And, and what is it? I now have language for it. And to me, it is alignment mm -hmm. of th three components of myself i'll try to use my myself it is a line it is a it is the it is the second to second it is it's, it's a process this is not something that we're looking to get to this is not a destination i really want you to emphasize at the beginning that alignment is a process so the work to, to me what it has been has been getting my spirit my mind and my body aligned. Let me repeat, very simply put, Rita's definition of the work is a process where you are lining up, aligning your spirit, your mind, and your body. 
okay, why am I saying that? Cues and signals that it's time to do the work. Your life is a mess. So in my 20s, you know, and I'm gonna give y'all some, some, some QQQ areas where I saw signs and signals that all right now, my life is a mess. In my relationships, i.e. like my family, my friends, constant chaos and conflict. In my career, confusion, indecision. Uh, in my money, confusion, um, loss and lack. Um, health, for me in the realm of health, my, you know, my mental health state was very unstable. And in my, I'll say intimate life, or some people may say love life. So again, let me repeat. For me, the work is a process of alignment, getting your mind, body, and spirit in the same in the same space and lined up why are you saying that Rita because if your life is looking chaotic or there's a lot of confusion or unclarity in these areas your career or it can be for people who work for themselves business owners but just areas those big buckets of life that we often are seeking to have quote unquote whole and happy if we're seeing a lot of instability then there's your cue of oh perhaps this is an opportunity to do the work um, I want to start with that because before I was in a mindset of, oh, well, life is just a mess, you know, because, because again, we may be surrounded by family members or people or society that will put in front of us that, well, you know, everyone has messed up relationships or everybody has drama in their family or everybody has, you know, those narratives and, and, and that would have you second guess whether or not you deserve to live your life better or mm -hmm. deserve to strive for your highest self. The reason why I'm pointing that out is, okay, so we've defined, I've defined what the work is. I've defined how do I know that there's work to be done. Mm -hmm. And what I'm framing is you got to make a choice to do it or not. Like that's where it starts there. So I'm, hopefully I've started with like a broad definition. I started with some areas of what that really looks like. And then like, all right, now you have a choice to make. Are you going to do the work and are you not? And even that is layers of, pro of, of processing, mm -hmm. but it really does start with a conscious choice. Um, mm -hmm. For some of you who may not know me, I met Pleasance in 2006 at September Clark Public Charter School at a time where when I arrived, I was numbing myself in quote unquote, building my career. So as I told you, at that point, my life was a mess. I, I, was in a, I did not know that I had locked myself in a perpetual state of grief. So like some yeah. of us may have done when we're feeling that our lives are a hot mess. And this was a t around the time that I was like 26. Is, mm -hmm. well, what does everybody tell you? Well, life is supposed to be a mess and you're in your adulthood and just build your career and find a man and everything will be okay. So at that time when Pleasance met me, I already kind of had some, I had a lot of rumblings in my life. Like, okay, it's, it's time to do the work, but very much so stuck in fear and when i met pleasance pleasance at the time was the assistant principal however she also had a role of the, the physical education teacher at that point she was weaving concepts of um, uh, yoga but really in a way of unity of again back to the alignment the way the way that she would cue in even with young boys like stealing our minds silencing the mind um taking a moment to work and move our bodies um taking a time to uh get acquainted with what trauma feels like she was doing that with us in that setting 
So anywho, at that point at 26, it's like, wow, you know, oh, okay, this person is showing me some, you know, she's here, she's showing me examples. So again, if you are, if you feel in your heart or in your body that, okay, I, it's time to do the work or I'm doing the work and something's not adding up, you probably could make a choice and say, well, do I really want to do it? And that has to happen first because I noticed when I said, I'm, yes, I'm ready to do this, like pleasantness literally showed up. And on top of pleasantness, other folks and other resources started to show up. So it's like just making a small step really does open up more access to it. Well, then how do I do it? Mm-hmm. But it starts with a choice and people will show you and people will, 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 will give you some um some guidance, but it's still on you, which gets me to my point number two. All right, so, okay, what is the work? And I explained the process, and how do I know it's, how, do, how do I know I need to do, to do the work? And let me get to the second part. Now the work is on you. Now, now which, which leads me to my second phase of, okay, now I'm ready to do the work. I'm, I'm somewhat exposed, I, I'm, I latch on, but I'm inconsistent. Why am I doing that? Well, because I found that I then entered a stage where I did not want to take responsibility for doing the work. So the reason why I'm pointing that out, hmm. if you're doing the work, <clears throat> well, I, I, I'll say this. I was, I, I was doing some of the work. I ran into a brick wall about, okay, things are still not working. And one evening when I was very, very uh, hungover, it came to me on the couch that, Rita, have you taken full responsibility for your life yet? So I just want to repeat, like, the work is on you. That's another key, you know, taking responsibility to do your work. It's not pleasant work, even though she's accessed, she, she came into my life as a person where I can access and learn, but it wasn't, it's not her job. It's not my father's job to do my work. I was carrying a lot of anger with him at the time. Um, wasn't my boyfriend's at the time to do the work. It wasn't my uncle's, you know, not that it's not my grandmother's. I'm pointing out all these things. It's not the school system. Okay. Like you can, we can, we can find a million places and spaces to lay the, at the feet of, okay, well y'all help me do this work. It really is. That was really a turning point because from there, and, and, and again, it's a heavy pill to swallow folks who are listening but that's part of it too you gotta make so you gotta make a choice to do her and like really embedding in your spirit in your spirit not in the mind the mind you're still going round and round and round about well someone else you know it's you know in the mind but you there's a there's a knowing in your heart it's an ache it felt literally in my body at the time now that i have the language it was like an ache an ache in my chest that I knew I wasn't taking responsibility, like deep when no one was looking. When I was hungover on that couch and nobody was looking, I had to really um, humble myself because pride is another big word that sometimes gets in the way of our process of doing the work where we're saying, well, I, I'm doing the work, but I taking a second to pause taking a second to pause because if you're saying I'm doing the work but and then 
shots, anybody else comes out. That's how you know you, you haven't yet taken responsibility. And taking responsibility for doing your work is so important because then that helps you start to experiment. Experiment is a word that we use a lot in our little own community where you're trying things, you know, it's a, pro it's a process. This is a, it is, you are learning as you're doing your work, you've got to keep experimenting. You got to keep trying different things because you're finding what aligns with you in your work. Again, let me repeat. During your work, you're, you have to experiment. You have to be willing to try new things. You can't pick up something and say, all right, well, in 30 days, if something's not working, then forget, I'm going to try something else. It's a process because, again, what you're doing is the different components that I've, that for me, the mind, body, spirit pieces, each of those pieces are... You got different issues that, that, that are tapping into each of those different pieces. And it's because of that, you have to be open-minded to try new things because it's not a magic bullet. It's going to be layers. Just like I explained the layers of the mind, body, and spirit. Your experiments where you're finding what works for you are going to be layers. It's not going to be one book. It's not going to be one retreat. <laughs> I didn't go on any retreats. Oh, let me, let me say that too. You know, my process of doing the work, and I'm just keeping it real with y'all. All I had access to was free audio tapes and books from the library. Uh, at the time, Hay House Radio was up and running on the internet and the people I knew like Pleasant. So let me be clear, like you don't need thousands of dollars and you don't need, I mean, if you do, that's great, but you know, you, don't, you can, the work is found within, always found within. Mm -hmm. um, not to put down places and spaces like that, but I just wanna give people the realness of, you know, I had to find my work during a lot of times where I did, my money kept dipping. So again, I'm telling y'all my process that, you know, I did this work and it, all it required was from the inside, making a choice that I need to do this work and I'm going to do this work no matter how hard it gets, taking responsibility and literally putting my hands and in gratitude and accessing all that I could. It, it didn't cost me a lot of money. Um, it's on you and it comes from you. And it's, it's, it's on you to access and you have to, to access, you have to try different things. You have to try, um, try, just try, for example, what that looked like. At the time when my work began, my career life was very um, intense. We had long school days that required um, starting the school day at 6 a.m. And sometimes those evenings wouldn't end at 7. Usually you start your work in the trench. So, you know, surprise, surprise, if you're waiting for, you know, the storms to clear, yeah, for maybe the worst times in your life is the time when you, you, it's time to start the work. So I just want to lay that out too, that, you know, I started my process in the beginning stages where, you know, time constraints during a, a, a school day work week was very um, limited, but I would sneak in you know, sneak in deliberately prayer time in the morning. And these are just tools. And when I say prayer for me, because in those, back to those three elements for me, being trapped in my mind is, the, is, is a key area for the work I'm doing. So back then, one of the beginning steps of my work, and it's, we still carry it today as part of Little Own, is taking a moment 
to quiet and still have your body be still quiet the mind and ground the spirit with just literally sitting still for five minutes two minutes if you have it that is a practice that i still carry and honor today that started way back in the 2000s something small And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because, again, like it's not an app, it's not a book, it's not a retreat, it's literally you, it's back on you. Doing the work is, is taking control over yourself to steal yourself. Because again, part of doing your work is getting back into self-control. And I found that, you know, in my life being a mess, I found that I had relinquished control to everything and everyone else. So just waking up and finding two minutes, one minute, start somewhere, 30 seconds of quiet, closing your mouth and stillness starts the seed of, of taking responsibility and, 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 and reeling in control over yourself. Starting to practice, if I'm quiet for these, I'm gonna start 30 seconds. I'm practicing still in my body. I'm closing my mouth. I could find one thing I'm grateful for. For me, that's what spoke to starting to sow those seeds of getting my connected to my spirit. Small, a small seed, a small experiment over time. That's what this looked like. Um, sneaking those moments of stillness during the day. I, over time, started to recognize where I needed to start laying boundaries. So Rwanda back a little bit. Once you start doing small, small, small things, some for some people it may just be a cup, a morning cup of tea in the morning. That's that's a small cup, that's a small practice that can be done to to start practicing taking control of yourself. Or for some people who are writers, I'm sure some of you may heard uh, morning pages, but okay, journaling, just to make it very broad, taking out a, a piece of paper and pen and, and before, before the day begins, taking pen to paper and again, once again, getting out of your mind, getting out of the mind, getting what is going on in the mind out into the paper. That was another practice for me as well in terms of starting the seeds of doing the work. Why am I saying that? Because once you start putting your stream of thought onto paper of, of centering and grounding because I, it was hard for me to quote, unquote, sit still. And so the practice of, okay, I'm going to take five minutes to, to just, just take this pencil to the paper and just not even think about what I'm going to write, but just getting the thoughts out. That's a, that's a small step of taking self-control and it's a small step of looking at and being able to look at your own evidence of what is what is what are you saying to yourself in the mind what is happening in your mind so i'm explaining i'm hoping i'm laying out some like real things that people can do now that that help me quote unquote do my you know do my work you know again asserting those small things to, to start asserting that you have control over yourself i guess what i would ask though is like and then what Right. And so then, I, I'm going to push back on, I'm going to be play devil's advocate and tell mm -hmm. you what I hear a million times a week, which is, yeah, I make tea or I 
make coffee, but I'm still mm-hmm. sitting with my ruminating thoughts. Like there, I'm mm-hmm. having the same okay. thoughts. I whip out the journal, but I'm writing the same mm-hmm. stories. I'm mm-hmm. facing like, then what? I'm frustrated because I'm spinning in my own self. So okay, I want to okay. hear your perspective. And then I'll also speak from the Buddhist perspective on this teaching and, and why people who are in isolation doing this isn't why it's not why it doesn't feel better. <laughs> okay, and I'm glad you brought that up, which takes me to my next step. Because again, for, 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 for me, come, um, developing simple practices that I could do to, to mm-hmm. start doing, doing those yeah. were simple practices I thought they were doing. Okay, so now it gets you to the next step, which is, okay, if, so if you're doing, and this might be too sim- simplistic, this might be too simplistic, but I'm so glad you brought up the isolation piece because for me, um, bringing back in, and I know this sounds cliche, but um, gr- gratitude comes in when you get up and you find opportunities to serve outside of yourself. That's part of doing the work too. For me, what that looked like was, okay, seeking out a um, like-hearted community. And I'm saying like-hearted, not like-minded. I wanted to learn how to um, meditate. I wanted to join a community where we could sit and talk about um, real life issues, but in the context of, of, of contemplative or, or mindfulness. And so I said, well, what, what is, a, I can't afford a membership. How can I do that? Okay, well, Rita, why don't you just go out and, you know, offer to volunteer? And again, that may look like finding places in communities to serve looks very different for different people. Mm-hmm. At that time, for me, going in, offering my service, and literally, literally, um, as a karma yogi, we, we would, we, our, my role was cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I found that, I found that once I surrendered to, I'm served, I'm showing up, I'm giving my time in exchange to be part of a broader community, so I can, so I can feel a broad a connection to other like-hearted folks. And in exchange, all I have to do is clean. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm, I'm pointing that out because that simple act helped me get out of my mind too. Mm-hmm. And I read in some places and spaces, like that's one of the, um, I don't know, practices is the right words of, of being in an ashram, you know, finding yeah, simple acts, yeah. simple S-E-V-A. acts. Mm-hmm. Yes, simple yeah. acts of uh, being and doing that get us out into the real world, interacting with other folks in a way where you're giving, you're you're you're, you're giving and you're and you're releasing. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's where the doing and the being comes because you're absolutely right. You know, if you're right, if you find yourself telling yourself the same story, that is a back to a signal and cue of okay. So now it's time to it's now now it's time to go out in the world and and make a small step to, to make a step toward the person that you wanna be. For me, the person that I wanted to be was a person who was more reflective and contemplative. Okay, yeah. Rita, go find people, right. go find a community. So you had to go to different places. Yes. So the point that I'm also trying to understand is that you, I think one of the things that people assume is that they can start meditating for five minutes a day or 30 seconds, right? Because we're always doing low-hanging fruit. So we're saying, oh, look, you just start with 30 seconds. And then we say, just open the journal and just write for two minutes or three minutes, right? Or whatever. 
and then everything will change. And what I want to be very clear about is that I think your actual life and where you are and the spaces where you're hanging out will change. Like the people yes. you're, you're hanging out with, like it will change your relationship to yourself and others. It will change. Like, let's be clear, doing a deep dive into your relationships, your patterns, your history, your healing, your trauma, your wholeness will not create the same outcome. Mm -hmm. So what I'm seeing now in Lola, because we've been in for six months, is that people are really in transition and they're looking at their whole lives and they're making some choices and things are changing and there's just mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of discomfort um, and people wanting to like hold on. So in Buddhism, we mm -hmm. have right aversion and attachment, which creates suffering. Mm -hmm. And so there's this an attachment to, well, I'm changing, but I want everything else to stay the same. And that is not true. This is the BS that, that transformation, wellness, health. We never talk about this. Like you, Rita, being from Southeast and having the background that you had and then doing Seva or Siva, depending on how you pronounce it, in the yoga tradition and being in a yoga studio and cleaning is a different space than where you were hanging out mm -hmm. in the night before you had the hangover on the couch. So let's be clear that your life will probably actually change in lots of ways. Doesn't mean you have to move to California. It doesn't mean you have to divorce your partner. It doesn't mean you have to leave your kids, but things will change. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's good. Yes. This whole thing that we're afraid of change, we're afraid of relationships changing, or we're afraid of stepping into our power and offending someone, or we're so busy people pleasing, that we, we're sitting in social groups with people who we don't even want to be hanging out with because we don't yes. even have alignment anymore. And it's nothing wrong. It's not better than, it's not holier than thou. It is literally a completely different realm of awakening and consciousness. And when you step into that consciousness, it becomes very difficult to continue to be part of low energy, complaining, negative vibes. And that can create discomfort. But what I know about sitting still for 30 seconds or writing for three minutes is it helps me, the human, actually move through the discomfort. I start to learn how to befriend mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. so that I can deal with the discomfort. So it's, it's like the, the, the simple practices that you're using to ignite your practice are not gonna get you to the other side. Let me be clear. You're not gonna sit for 30 seconds every day and have a life changing and have your life change. I just don't believe that. There's so much more involved, which is the three treasures in Buddhism. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. You have to have a teacher. You have to be working with someone who, and your teacher could be a podcast. Your, it could, your teacher could be a book. Your teacher could be an actual meditation or yoga teacher, but someone who's been studying, who's been practicing, who's been evolving their life, who's been awake, mm -hmm. who's been taking risks, a mentor, right? That's all a teacher is, is helping mm -hmm. you see that. And it could really be a development for your own teacher inside. But I really believe that we have to have people in our lives who have been through things that we've been through, who've contemplated these questions, right? Who've been on the path of awakening, who can hold you when you're going through this. And this whole idea that we can do it all on our own, or if we just drink green juice and journal, we'll be able to do it. I just don't think so, because I think our psyches and our psychosis and our neurosis gets too caught up in stories and nobody, if you don't have a teacher who's supporting you, a mentor, a guide, you're, you're going to keep doing it. So it's having that loving accountability, right? The transformation, let me ask you a question, Rita. 
for 20 mm-hmm. years, you've been interested in things, right? You've been, you're mm-hmm. approaching 40 and you've been doing this. Mm-hmm. What was the most, if you could combine, what was the most powerful transformational year you've had yet? 2018. It was this past year. Mm-hmm. Why? What did you have in place that was right there that you haven't had before in that way? Community. Yeah. And a teach and, and like, a teacher. I mean, obviously a teacher. teacher with the community. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, right. yep, yep, yep. It's like behind yep. the scenes every week we were going through, I'm like, Ree, how are you doing on this? Are you doing it? Like, mm. like a total support mentor guide holding you saying you can do this. The amount of changes you've made in your finances, in your professional work, in your boundaries, the, the I mean, really profound shifts in a year's period because of that support for 20 years before floating from here, doing it on your mm-hmm. own or floating it from here, doing it on your mm-hmm. own and di- dibble dallying. Um, it's just harder to get a hang. It's just harder for people to pick up on your habits. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know okay. I mean? Yes. Yes. And I'm, thank you for providing that other side. So yes, she's, she's absolutely, okay. So she's absolutely right in tandem with, um, joining at the time it was be here now that community where we had you know in addition it wasn't just oh sit down and meditate but there was actually a discussion around a life transformation spiritual topic there was actual engagement being part of that community that that, and and me committing to show up uh twice a week that um para that gave me the the rootedness and the strength, the inner strength to then, okay, when I'm not with my community, now I go back home, I take care of myself. Then I come back to the community, we take care of each other, then I go back home to start that, that chain of reciprocity. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you pointed that out. At the time, I literally was living in Southeast. So literally like living in that area, and this is for anyone also too, you know, your environment, you have to get out of the environment, find a place and space that nurtures and works for you and, and grow and sprout your seeds there. And then with that, that as an anchor, you're able to have a flow to be able to start filling your cup and taking care of yourself. But the two do go together. No, it was not Rita. And I, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. It well, so, not, But this mm-hmm. is the piece that I love is that these are not new concepts. Like no, I'm just no. a very practical, no BS kind of person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, the fact that these teachings, that there are the three treasures and it revolves around Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. So Buddha as the teacher mm-hmm. or a mentor or a guide dharma as the teachings like that you study that there's Mm -hmm. that you can cultivate compassion that you can cultivate generosity that you can have you know equanimity and love and joy like as a practice is this is part of the teachings right Mm -hmm. and that there are ways of calming the mind and calming and integrating the body and embodying our spirit and our source that are very helpful for humans who are suffering from attachment and aversion because there's two main issues with suffering attachment and aversion mm-hmm. awesome like this is so practical this is tw- at least 2500 years old why would i not do this why would i not steep myself in buddha teacher dharma teachings and sangha community and, I have and be my full self why would i self-sabotage my, why would I prevent myself from being part of those three things and being rooted in that? And every time I feel lost or lonely or misguided or in trouble, I really ask myself, 
which of those am I missing right now? Am I missing, do I need to like get some skills? Do I need to teach like some teachings? Do I need to reach out to a teacher or a mentor and ask for help? We cannot do this alone. We are not wired to do it alone. We are not meant to do it alone and it is not healthy. And that's across all of the research, right? You can read burnout, you can read any of the research in terms of scientific happiness. It's all steeped in community. So if I'm feeling super lost and lonely, I might reach out, okay, community, I'm, I need, you know, for us, we use an online community that's off Facebook, Almighty, which where I might post, hey, I'm having a tough day, or I might reach out to a friend, right? So doing, like, the work is not in isolation, and it's ongoing, and it's lifestyle. lifestyle. It's just not something you can then check off and say, yep. now I've done it. I read the book. Why isn't my life better? It's, right. It's, it's more holistic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm glad uh, I'm going to bounce back to what you were saying about, you know, when, when we hit the brick wall and we're like, you know, um, nothing's changing. Well, again, that speaks to, again, that's a signal in a cue because I noticed that as I over time, as I concentrated my efforts on seeing good, seeing the good, I saw more good in my life. So that part two yeah. is, 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 is a crux of the, of the change. What are you, what are you saying? Cultivating are you gratitude. Yeah. The gratitude, you know, what yeah. are you, what are you seeing? Because I think, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> I still got the same, you know, crazy family. I still, you know, uh, capitalism, patriarchy, and racism hasn't gone anywhere since the 2000s. Um, DC is still violent, and, and even, um, and, and forgive me for saying this, Pleasant, DC is still violent, and, and even in some places and spaces in DC, we're seeing spikes of violence. But I, I am in a much better place because, as Pleasant said, you know, immersing myself and showing up mm -hmm. and and being and staying committed, renewing my commitment to a teacher, to my community, and then going back, back home and embedding those in living those teachings. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, mother, you know, the earth hasn't changed, you know, DC hasn't changed. It's right. all been Rita Sharice. It's all right. been Rita Sharice Stevens. Right. Um, and to that, I also wanted to point out, you know, and I'm learning. And I hear it often. I hear it. I hear it. I've heard it from Pleasance for almost 20 years now. I, I went with Pleasance to the Ayurveda, to an Ayurvedic conference, and there was a master teacher who said, "What well, I'm getting ready to say." I keep and I see it at work here at the National Institutes of Health. Even you can't solve problems of the mind in the mind. And I just want to point that out because I stalled myself for many years <laughs> trying to solve my problems in the mind. <laughs> and why I want to point that out is because, again, you know, we're, we're talking about, President talked about, you know, and I've learned from her about embodiment, you know, learning, learning about, okay, you know, what does stress and strife and struggle feel like in my body and getting and being courageous enough to confront that, you know, is a huge part of my work, even, yeah. even today. Yeah. But you're not going to like, it's very, you're very clear with that. Like, and God bless, don't get me wrong, therapy. Don't get me wrong. Totally. Like, it's wonderful. Therapy is, is wonderful. Like, I, yes. you know, hey, I did, I, I, uh, I went to therapy for, for a second 
but but that's just one uh, as that's one aspect um, you we we as we're doing this work and we're evolving it's a it's a constant looping and check in with you know your body and the reason why i want to point that out is because again like i said i work at national institutes of health a lot of a lot of the uh prevalent health issues that women face today and i'll just um for for the for for the betterment of public health at, for who's listening um women appear to be from a research research perspective suffering in america from a big five and they identified the big five as cancers obesities autoimmune diabetes and heart disease. It's interesting because what I hear here in this environment is they all have a physical, uh, they, they all start, the signals start in the physical body and they look like very real things that we all can tangibly identify, but we as women has been, have been conditioned to ignore. Um, so I wanna point that out too of that embodiment, you know, it's a big word, but it really speaks to, you know, what do I feel in my body? Like, is that that sore spot? on my, I'm using my own story, that sore spot on my right breast has, is related to my mental anguish or my lack of feeling connected. Uh, we all have choices as women. If our bodies are telling us something, it's telling you something. Part of doing the work is getting back familiar and comfortable and in communication with your own body. Yeah. And, and that the, path of disease in Ayurveda is so, I, I just literally would like to tattoo it on every woman because we don't just develop diabetes or heart disease or, um, you know, health threatening obesity or autoimmune it like today, it is a result of not, not listening to our bodies and our yes. intuition and our wisdom and working with the flow, which we call, which we're, we, we use the acronym flow in Lola, feeling the feelings, living the lifestyle, owning our origin story and being wholehearted. Like that is a, an approach to start to tap into the physical body because there's six stages of disease in Ayurveda. And so it starts mm -hmm. with a little inkling and most of us are so tuned out from our body for a number of reasons that we don't trust it. We don't make time for it. We don't honor it. And then over time, it develops into disease as we know it. And then we're treating these physical symptoms. We're still not treating the trauma, the emotional symptoms. We're still not talking about teaching our kids how to process and digest emotions as they happen. And so we are this intersection of expansion and growth and depth. Um, I want to read this piece. So I've been reading Radical Dharma, um, Talking Race, Love, and Liberation from Kyodo Williams and, and all, Lama Rod Owens and Jasmine, um, one of her students. And there's these passages that came up that, for me, really spoke so much to what we're talking about today. So healing is movement and work towards wholeness. Healing is never a definite location, but something in process. It is the basic ordinary work of staying engaged with our own hurt and limitations. Healing does not mean forgiveness either, though it is a result of it. Healing is knowing our woundedness. It is developing an intimacy with the ways in which we suffer. Healing is learning to love the wound because love draws us into relationship with it instead of avoiding feeling the discomfort. 
that what page what what page was that? page That's 67 page. and that line i mean i read it five times yesterday healing does not mean forgiveness it no. is the result of it and that is i mean just yes like that has definitely 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 been my experience and that's a wonderful way to frame the close out of this. So, so, so yeah. as I frame it, um, I'll be honest with you all. Hey, my, one of my severe wounds was not having a mom. And with that feeling unsafe and unstable. Back then, before the work started, what that looked like was this, this, this me feeling that I am unable to, um, provide basic needs for myself. And then that leads to self-worth. I'm pointing that out because guess what? That wound, it's not like we're having this conversation and saying, yes, y'all, that wound went away. No, the process, the, the, the practices all have lead to, okay, today, as of June 18th, I, I have my wound, but you know what? My, my teacher, going back to the word, my, my, I have, I have the wound, the wound is there, but my Buddha, i.e. presence, my, my, my Dharma, which, 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 is our, which is our Lola learning community and our, what we're learning and our, the Sangha, that's my salve for my wound. So I have both. It's not like I'm just the walking wounded and the wound, the wound is getting worse. It's getting infected and it's infecting others. That's a whole other discussion. When you, when you don't do the work, you start hurting other people. But anywho, but now those three elements are my salve. They're like my salve that, yeah. that, that I put over my wound. And sometimes the wound is sore and I feel it on those days. And now because I have my elements, I have my, you know, I have, I have my medicine. My medicine is my community, my teacher, yeah. and my own willingness to do my work. That's my salve on those days that the wound may be sore. But you can have both. Your work is your medicine. You're the wound, the wound may still be there. And that's what okay. well, I think it becomes a scar, right? And then yeah, you're scar, walking around yeah. your scar. It's not a wound, it's not open. And you don't and it yeah. listen, like it's part of the story. It's not something we can erase or pretend doesn't happen and it will mm -hmm. always be there. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. not about focusing and focusing and focusing on it. Mm -hmm. It's about moving mm -hmm. forward with the with these scars that we all have. You yes. are not so special, right? That yeah. teaching. You are not so special. I am not so special. These things that we go through are not so special. They're just <laughs> right. human. So get over it and decide what you're going to do. This, this right. is what I want to end with too, is this, this next piece, which just is so like perfect for us. When I practice loving kindness, I need to remember that I'm cared for. I need to remember that mm. my feelings of being lonely, isolated, and unlovable are essentially the illusions perpetuated by my ego fixation. When I'm practicing, I wish to experience the deepest well-being and happiness, and gradually I begin wishing the, that others experience the same thing. In this way, I begin the courageous and great work of loving myself and extending that same love to as many people as I can. This is why, hold on, I have become the one I have always wanted. This is why I do the things that I do. There is a fierce love that wakes me up every morning, that makes me tell my stories, refuses to let me apologize for my being here, and blesses me with the capacity to be silent, alone, and grieving when I most need to be. You have to understand that this is what I mean when I say healing. May all beings be seen, held kindly and loved, and may we all one day surrender to the weight of being held. Yes, ma'am. Surrender. That's right. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Just this piece about the capacity to be silent, alone, and grieving when I most need to be. You have to understand that this is what I mean when I say healing. And I think that this is the next call for our practice, for our heart, is not being afraid of our own aloneness and healing and being comforted by community and sangha and interconnectedness when we are suffering, that we're not rejecting it and we're not trying to push away from it, but we're embracing it as part of the human experience. Yep. And just to make that short, like you said, not rejecting yourself, <laughs> you know, bringing in yourself, bringing yeah, in your what you need, yeah. bringing in what you need, asking for what you like, bringing it in instead of this, I'm, I'm waving my hands here, you know, it's, it's that, that's back to the embodiment. You can picture what the work is. It's like, it's like opening your heart, opening your hands, spreading my wide and doing a motion where you're reeling the good in, you're reeling the gratitude in. As opposed to, you know, what to me, what, what live, not doing my work looked like a lot of repelling, expelling, pushing away. It felt like a pushing away. But yes, it's being open. So thank you, sis. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And thank you for um, inviting me to share uh, my story of doing the work. Because like I said before, I wasn't familiar, but I had a concept. And the reason why I had a concept is because, again, just being open, being open to when your life is calling you. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Take Om care Shanti. out there. Om Shanti. Bye.